0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic appoint Nick Hammond as their new head of football operations The man who recommended Alfredo Morelos to Rangers Says he always knew he'd be a success And Scotland's under-19s do their bit to lift the international doom and gloom With a win against Germany I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy And yeah, we're just three sleeps away Gordon from the SPFL Premiership getting back Underway Celtic at home to Ross County on Saturday Their chance to go back to the top of the league And then the pressure would be on Rangers at Tynecastle. That'll be a fiery clash Craig Levine's men against Stephen Jenner's men A victory for Stephen Jenner's men Would possibly take them back to the top of the table If Celtic win And as you've just mentioned there too Nick Hammond coming in uh, to Celtic Park A permanent role now And the job title suggests It is a significant role In the way the club is going to move forward yeah, we're all delighted that uh, you know the national side managed to find the back of the net and, and beat the mighty San Marino six 0 comprehensively. But uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to to the, the SPL uh, Premiership getting back on track again at the weekend, and uh, you know, intriguing games looking. But both teams will be looking to to get uh, three points, and uh, and there's also. St Johnson, I think, and St Mirren at the bottom of the league and even at this early stage, very important for these teams. And in the second hour of tonight's show, so just after 7 o'clock, we're going to be joined live in the studio uh, by Kilmarnock and Scotland defender Stuart Finlay. Not many can say they've scored on their international debut. Going well with Kilmarnock, started his career at Celtic, so some interesting stuff to come from him, I'm sure. And if you've got any questions... Feel free to get them in As always though The number you need to get in touch tonight Is 01419511025 And if you would rather tweet Then you can find us At Clyde SSB I think everyone's looking forward To the return of the domestic stuff Is that is that safe to yeah. say? Yeah I mean listen, We like Scotland We want to see the national team Doing well obviously But when they are out of the running That double header Was quite a sore one Particularly Losing so heavily to, to Russia um, as Jim said They're great for Scotland to, to get back to winning ways And I suppose There'll be some there'll be Many things That Steve Clark have learned But the one thing I would applaud him for Gordon That he's taken out The last double header Which is important Moving forward towards Mark Is He had The I'll not use the word Guts I'll go for it. He had the guts To go and use Lorne Shanklin To bring a championship player in When people questioned it The boy came on Performed well in the second half In Russia And took it into the To the game At hand And so if nothing else We have found A contender For the number 9 jersey I'm not saying he's a be all And end all But he certainly emerged As a contender And we need that Moving forward but On the domestic front Jim So many questions They just linger When the international mm-hmm. breaks on if, if you've won You go away on a high If you've mm-hmm. lost You're left to stew For a couple of weeks And uh, we start finding out The answers to some of those Questions on Saturday yeah, but I think that you know that the happiest um, group of supporters would no doubt be the Rangers uh, supporters. They, I mean, they're thrilled by their team going back, uh, going back, sorry, going to the top of the league, and uh, you know, no one had envisaged this, um, you know, a few weeks ago. So the turnaround being quite remarkable, and the the points deficit Celtic dropping five points. Uh, in two away games Which is normally unheard of for them So yeah There's a lot of questions uh, That are now being asked I mean James Forrest Today in the, in the newspaper Saying that it's quite unusual Situation for them And quite unfamiliar For them So it'll be interesting To see how they react to that And as Mark said Going to Tynecastle Is always a tough fixture for Rangers And it's another test Of the, the squad 
And who, which team he picks Because he rarely picks The same team back to back Stephen Gerrard 0141 Let's hear from you On tonight's show You can tweet us At Clyde SSB as well uh, I think the, the obvious place To start would be Today's news That Celtic have appointed Nick Hammond As their head of Football operations So Celtic fans First and foremost Quite simply What do you make of it? And secondly What should his priorities be? What should his number one Priority be As Celtic's uh, head of football operations Maybe the guys can uh, Jog your thoughts On that one Mark Overall w- What do you make of this appointment Because Rangers have obviously made A similar appointment In the in the last few days with, with Ross Wilson The difference being though Ross Wilson replaced Mark Allen Rangers already had A director of football If you like And they've, they've replaced him Like for like Celtic That This seems to be a bit of a A change in the structure At the club Lee Congerton previously Was, was head of recruitment Um now Nick Hammond Head of football operations Do you see this as being Quite a significant change In, in the way Celtic operates? Yeah I think it is When I, I looked at the statement today and, and, and the quotes From Nick Hammond From Neil Lennon And from Peter Lawwell And it suggests That you know he is just going to be Working very closely The three of them together In terms of how the first team Moves forward I don't think it's one of these All encompassing roles Where he gets involved with Sports medicine And sports science And you know The under 16s And that kind of stuff He is there to focus On driving The first team Forward and help Neil Lennon as much as he can With recruitment, getting players in mm-hmm. Getting players out Driving towards 9 in a row And if 9 in a row happens, driving towards 10 in a row So it is an important uh, appointment um, At this scale And the questions you asked there Listen, Celtic will have a fight in their hands to hang on to Edward If not in January, certainly next summer Scott Brown is still the captain But he will need replacement at some point Within the probably next... 18 months or so uh, You need to go and find a replacement And you need to keep Callum McGregor At the club too They'll be interested in him Celtic have bids of High teens 20 million If Brendan Rodgers Wants him and, and I'm sure he does So there's important players That are going to be Sought after um, By other clubs Or players that are going to need Replaced And Nick Hammond's job Will to be going to find The best that he possibly can To bring in He is there to oversee The club's football operations Jim So um oh. That probably means that it is quite a a wide role. Maybe not, as Mark says. You know, we don't know the specifics of of how all encompassing it is, but that that's more than just identifying players to bring in. Yeah, because as you mentioned, um, you know, previously Colton was head of recruitment. So if it was just going to be recruitment, they would have just made them the same title. But football operations, to me, suggest that that you know he's going to look at the whole uh, overall structure of how the football club is run. Uh, and, and I'm guessing that'll through time take uh, into the youths, you know, the development side all the way through to the first team. But like any top club, you know, people look at the top and see right what are the quality, the quality of the players, uh, and that will be the priority to make sure that that is strong. Um, we mentioned just a few minutes ago, Rangers are currently top of the league, so the first priority is to make sure that um, you know there is strength and depth there. Looking forward. And again, in preparing for the possibility that top players might leave. If your players are successful at Celtic, then the, the, the big guns will come in English, in English football in particular, looking for them uh, and, and in Europe. So therefore, um, you know, I think uh, preparation is really, really important. Way in advance of the January windows, way in advance of the summer transfer windows. Uh, and as Matt said, there's a number of players there. You know, Celtic currently have a, a goalkeeper on loan just now. So Neil Lennon's obviously thought that either Craig Gordon or Scott Bain wasn't quite what he was looking for. 
So again, there's another player that, that, that uh, possibly having to look at. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of issues, but for me, that looks like a wider range of looking at the whole structure of the, the infrastructure of the football club. But I think that'll take time and, and, and obviously the next months ahead will determine exactly how much input he has in that. Right, Celtic fans, what should Nick Hammond's priority be? What should his number one priority be? The guys have given you some food for thought. Should it be lining up a future replacement for Scott Brown? A contingency plan, should Odson Edward be prized away? Succession planning, potential future managers, other areas of the team, you tell us. What should Nick Hammond's priority be? 0141 951 1025. Let us know right now, or you can tweet us uh, at Clyde SSB. Those are just some bullet points to get us going, Jim. That there may be, there may be others. Which of them stands out? And, and I know you'll see all of them. But if you, you know, if you had to sort of pick, what's what's the most likely oh, to I, be to be pressing? Yeah, they all they all important to to, to Nick Cameron because that's his role. But to the fans, I think it's different. The fans will prioritise players. That that's always going to be what they see. They will see the first team, the quality of the players, and also securing your own talented players. So making sure that those talented players like Mark says, like Callum McGregor, like Ryan Christie, you know, these type of guys, like Odson Edward, if if he has the mind to, I've got good, healthy, strong contracts which put Celtic in the driving seat if if um you know teams do come calling. So I, I think that'll be the priority for the for the fans is to make sure that the, the, the young players and the talented players they have are secure with the club and the, the recruitment process is is well underway and I'm sure it will be and I think that's part of the reason why you know he was, he was obviously on a temporary basis and they mm-hmm. wouldn't have given the job in a in a you know a, a longer term basis if they didn't believe he was the right guy for the job uh, Mark I mean already some tweets coming in and if you want to add your thoughts on the phones let's have them this is the perfect time to do so 0141 951 uh, Richard Herries says I've no idea what to make of it I'm not sure who signed our recent recruits but our first priority is a replacement for Eddie um, So let the couple of points there Let's deal with the The final sentence there You have to imagine Clubs are already having a look And that's not to say You're trying to sell them on But yeah. that's the whole point The whole point of bringing in A head of football operations Is to ensure that there's Some sort of structure there mm-hmm. And that you can plan For the future So is 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 a contingency for Odson Edward Is that a realistic Pressing issue for yeah. For Nick Hammond Yeah I mean I've I've said now Gordon for the last couple of transfer windows but particularly there but with Celtic not getting into the Champions League the last couple of years January for me is the biggest month for Celtic in terms of recruitment because you can't recruit properly for them when they have qualifiers that's providing they win the league this season um, for Champions League football so you need to do it in January so what you don't want to be if you're Neil Lennon you don't want to be losing odds in Edward next July and you have no replacement for him or you're signing someday on the same day that you lose Odson Edward and he's got to come in and hit the ground running when you're going for a £30 million jackpot in the Champions League you must put a plan in place to sign a quality striker in January now you've got Neil Lennon you've got Lee Griffiths there and you've got Bayo the evidence at the moment is you can't rely on, on Lee Griffiths and Bayo is a work in progress who's doing fine but he's not of the same standard of Edward previously Edward you had Musa Dembele previously to Dembele. You had Lee Griffiths, who was brilliant for a couple of seasons. You had Gary Hooper before that, George Samaras, etc., etc. So yes, I think Celtic, if they need to, they need to spend big in January. And I know you can say, oh, January is not a great window for getting players, but Celtic need to make it a great window. They cannot gamble again 
And this is all down to if they win the league But they cannot gamble again On such an important position mm. When there's 30 million quid riding on it uh, Ricky's first up tonight He's a Celtic fan from Easter House Hi Ricky Hi Listen I, I've never, I'm sorry But I've never heard the, the, the guy's just been given a joke I've What's his background? Uh, well I mean he's, he was there last season On a consultancy basis I think previously um, Director of football at, at clubs like West Brom Maybe. A technical director at West Brom It was director of football uh, At Reading Played for England in, in his career um, He's a left back wasn't he Duff? Is it a full back? I'm not sure if he was Yeah I, I think he played for England uh, Played for Reading Think maybe Aston Villa signed him as well I mean to, to be fair Ricky's right to ask the question Jim if you've, if you've never heard of the guy You've never heard of him But at the same time This isn't This is not a manager no. or, or a player This is When you make an appointment like this It's a it's a certain skill set You're looking for yeah. A sort of Well you describe it Because you, you know it well But is it a balancing yeah. act Between football knowledge And, and Business, a, a sort of middleman, if you like, between no, Neil Lennon no, and not so much the business side. No, it's, it's, it's to know it's, it's the contacts, which is very, very important. Uh, knowledge of the, your job, um, but there, there are many guys, you know, around. I mean, John Park, for instance, who I'm sure Ricky would have heard of. He's a, oh, <laughs> what, yeah, well, but, but no one really knew who John Park was until certain players started coming to Celtic, you know. So you know, and, and John wasn't a star player or anything like that, you know. So it's you know, I personally think. Obviously, someone that can organise the scouting system, someone can organise the developments. I look at the development side; these are different skill sets. There's no doubt about it. It's not just looking at a player. We can all do that, Ricky. We can all say, "I mean, you, me, anybody in here can say, oh, he's a really good player.'" It's about seeing potential, knowing not just is he a good player, but can he play for Celtic? Can he handle playing for Celtic? Can he handle the demands, the expectations, the style of the football? You know, the character of the player. So much information. But also, can he help develop the next set of players coming through? James Forrest, Kieran Tierney, Callum McGregor, Mikey Johnson. Can you look and try and find that also? So there's a, hmm. an awful lot of work there that's not just about somebody that knows, the, you know, knows footballers. Ricky, the guys were talking about potential priorities for Nick Hammond. You know, should it be lining up a, a long-term replacement for Scott Brown, making sure they're covered if Odson Edward leaves. The, those were just a couple of suggestions. What do you think his priority should be? Well, I think Jim Duffy's just sold the guy to me, with what he said. He's just sold him to me, so I, I, I'm fine with that guy. Eh, exactly. Eh, we need somebody to replace Brown, which is going to be very hard. I think we need a strike in January because I don't see, don't see Griffiths coming back anytime soon. Uh, and the bio I don't think he's ready yet so we need somebody to push on every day uh, get an injury to Edward we need somebody in there we don't need somebody that maybe can cut it we need somebody that will be able to cut it mm-hmm. Ricky I must admit I think Scott Brown's irreplaceable that's my opinion I do not think there are modern players who can replace Scott Brown certainly not Celtic's budget no, I, I, I don't even think Add any budget you like one. I look about there's that you know, before people start saying, Oh, he's not this player. I'm not talking about listen, if somebody said Kevin De Bruyne, I'm not talking about quality a player that they can come in. I'm talking about the the, the captain, fa- the you know, the, the leader, the, the kind of you know, the guy drives the team that you know, the, the strength of kind, all that. I'm talking about that type of player. I'm not talking about what he can mm-hmm. do in the ball and on the pitch. Of course there are better players than Scott Brown out there as a footballer. But I'm just talking about as a leader, as someone who's driven Celtic to eight titles in a row. I don't think there's that type of player. I think they'll have to look at a different type. Um, and 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 I think when Scott Brown eventually does step back, I think first thing he'll do is he'll go straight into coaching, probably Celtic in some capacity, 
But I don't think there's a, the, the same type mm-hmm. of player out there in, in the way the game is, de- is developed and moving forward. So Ricky thinks that Nick Hammond's priority then very much is is up front because not only Ricky thinks they need they need a striker anyway, and then there's that possibility maybe not January, maybe not the summer, but at some point if he keeps yeah. on his upward trajectory, someone will fancy a nibble at Odson Edward. So is that is that a fair yeah. suggestion that that area might be a priority? Yeah, and again the, the type of striker you need because. As we mentioned earlier on Dembele was strong His powerful holds up I think uh, Edward Without looking the same He is still a strong boy He still does hold it up He's still got link up He's not a You know He's, he's still learning the, the kind of prolific side of it The sniffing type goals You know the, He doesn't really bundle a few in You know Inside the six yard box so he's, he's a different type of player But if he can add a little bit of that To his game as well Then yeah I'm, I'm no doubt And also scoring two goals a game For the French under three. 21 or three, so, in, yeah. uh, You know He gets those type of you know um, goals help his reputation as well. So yeah, but like like Mark says, you, you can you can preempt stuff. You can have players on pre contracts. You can certainly agree with their agents. You can certainly agree with their clubs. So even if you agree with someone in January, they might not come to the summer, but the deal's all done. You can have the deal all done, so no one can get jump mm. you further down the line if the boy scores more. Goals. On you go, Ricky. I think we need somebody. Apparently, both player. I think somebody we need there, somebody, as Jim says, somebody that will anticipate where the ball's going and just be in there in front of the, the defender. Do you like me, Morelis, at Rangers? He anticipates balls. So does the, the, what you call it, default. They anticipate balls in the box. That's what we need, somebody in there. We put balls in the box, after Christie, after McGregor, or whoever, Forrest. We need somebody in there, get nip in there in front of the defender. Right, there you go. That's what we need. We need a penalty ball player. Mark? Yeah, it's a, it's a good shout, Ricky. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. You know, I think Morello scores those kind of goals. The foes well, they also score clever goals with, with, with good movement. But yeah, they are poachers to it and comes back off the goalie. They're, they're in and around it. And maybe Celtic don't quite have that at the moment, uh, albeit they're still winning most of their, their game. So look, <laughs> but the other thing too, um, when we think the Scotland national team, you, you think number nines are hard to find. And Duff's talking there about, about Scott Brown being irreplaceable. Where do you find? A number nine again within Celtic's budget that's got the mentality that's got a sniff that can come in and look the part the way Edward has looked the part and Dembele looked the part 18 months ago too. No one easy find a number nine either. But they have done it, Mark, because you just mentioned half a dozen over yeah. the last oh, episode. I, I so know. Celtic have been very good yeah. at finding them over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, as you mentioned, Hooper, Dembele, Griffiths, mm-hmm. Edward. You know, Celtic have been very good because they are very difficult mm-hmm. to find, but. If Nick Cameron can continue the work that's been done before him by finding that type of player, then straight away he's going to get brownie points off the fans. What about more generally then, this this role, this, this appointment, Jim? Um, we probably, compared to some European nations, are still a little bit more sceptical than others about director of football. We, we always get ourselves really worried about the, the balance mm-hmm. of power and, and who's making the decisions. But if you look across the board at big clubs, it's pretty commonplace. Yeah. And I would imagine the reason for that is it's quite simple. Remember Brendan Rodgers Remember he just upped and left mm-hmm. All of a sudden If he was the guy who Is in charge of all your scouting And all your sports medicine mm-hmm. And all your recruitment mm-hmm. And then he ups and leaves What do you do? But if you've got someone else there Who puts yeah. this structure in place Then it, it should give you Some sort of continuity Is that, is that yeah. about it in a nutshell? Yeah I think, I think it's a really a really good Way of this, describing it Gordon Because clubs are, are so big now There's so much involvement And managers tenure <laughs> Is relatively short yeah. So you know If you if you say like, Oh this is the manager's philosophy And this is all his players And this is the way we want to play And it doesn't work out And the manager gets a sack Within a year 
what do you do? Do you, do you, do you start again? Whereas, whereas call him whatever title you like, technical director, director of football, director of football operations, whatever <laughs> you know, title you give the guy, it's about maintaining that structure no matter who the manager is. When the manager comes in, they will then speak to the club and before he gets appointed the job, say, listen, this is the structure of the club here. You have to fit in with that structure. So whether they interview him or whether they bring him from within or whatever, the mm. lobby, the lobby's singing off the same page. 0141-951-1025, that's just one to get us going. What should Nick Hammond's priorities be at Celtic? A long-term replacement for Scott Brown? Contingency plans for Odson Edward? Anything else that you've uh, that we've missed out, you tell us. 0141-951-1025. We're also going to hear from the man who tipped Alfredo Morelos to be a success at Rangers. We'll hear from him after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Martin Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're going to hear from Jonathan Johansson, the man who tipped off Rangers uh, to the signing of Alfredo Morelos. So this, uh, the Premiership returns this week. It's away uh, at Tynecastle for Rangers. So Rangers fans, this is the perfect time for you to get in touch on 01419511025. There were a few calls though, uh, still hanging over from before the break. Let's squeeze them in. Jerry's in Bothwell. Hi, Jerry. Hi, uh, how you doing, guys? Uh, I've got a couple of points here um, It's about the director of football You were talking about different names Last year when I was at work um, My name got changed I was deputy controller Then six months later I was operations supervisor But I was doing the same job So is this not the same you know, Just changing titles for changing them Listen I know sometimes that, that can be the case There's no doubt about it But there does seem a it's quite a difference I mean Lee Congerton Was head of recruitment That's pretty simple It's quite easy to understand What you are the head of Recruiting mm-hmm. players yeah. This is head of football operations So clearly there's more Surely there's more to it Yeah there is more to it But you know As Jerry says You know you can be the manager And now you're the head coach head, Yeah You know and that's pretty standard now That people are called head coaches And because uh, Again it's pretty much the same job But it is a slight change in title But there, there are some elements Jerry That, that do change um, from from head of recruitment to direct, director of football or football operations, and again, it's just different departments, and then sometimes you cross over. But I'm with you. It's not it's not something that I think uh, anybody would lose sleep over when into the job. If, you know, if their title was slightly different, um, but you know, there are other elements as we mentioned earlier on in the program that uh, you know will be more than just recruitment. You know, as as we said, you know the the whole structure of the club, looking at everything. Um, behind the scenes a lot of times a lot of times further down the line um, but more importantly for supporters I always think that it's it's the first team that ultimately these these guys will be judged you know you can have the best use system you know the you know the all, all the facilities you can have everything in the background doing remarkably well a great scouting system as I said an infrastructure which is better than than most but if your first team players are not successful then you know, people will be calling for your head. What should his priority be, Jerry? Uh, as you as you guys say, Scott Brown got a replacement for him. But can I go on another point? Which sure. is not the Scottish League. It's uh, would you make it uh, carry on with Henrik Larson and Tommy Johnson at Southport? Ooh, there's a question. Okay. Okay. There's a question I wasn't expecting. Uh, but Mark Weedy, that's the beauty of it. You guys get these things thrown on you. Well. It, it, Jerry, it seems to be that uh, South Henry Larson's been linked with the job now for three or four weeks, and then the latest development seemed to be that it was him 
Johan Mialby's number two And Tommy Johnson is a director of football Head of recruitment, head of football <laughs> operations Which which Tommy's kind of fulfilled a, a role like that For five or six years now At Blackburn Rovers, at, at Watford uh, I think his latest one's been, been Nottingham Forest And uh, I know Tommy And um, he's, as Jim mentioned Key to that job is, is having contacts And having people that will that will tip you off about things And uh, Tommy is very, very good um, in that role So Southend seem to view it as a three and Tommy Johnson, by all accounts, pulled out of being part of that. And unless I'm mistaken, South End have said, "Well, if we can't get the three of you, we're not taking any of you." Uh, and that seems to be the shout. Now that might not be right, but that appears to be the the suggestion. Now look, South End, with the greatest respect to them, not a sexy club. Second bottom of League One, um, albeit the location's good because it's the outskirts of London. That that's you know helpful when you're trying to get players and. Entice somebody like Larson, but for me, I, I don't know. Unless obviously there's there's maybe a you know a, a backer coming in that's going to you know fund them to go and push them up the leagues and make them see these players down there for the life. I, I just don't know why a guy like Henry Larson and Johan Mialbi and Tommy Johnson would get involved there. Well, it's, well, I know uh, Henrik uh, was a manager in Sweden, so maybe he's just trying to get a. He's leg in over here. Yeah, it could well be doubt you that, Jerry. Yep. You may well be right, yeah. Oh. Right, thanks for that, guys. Oh, great stuff. That was Jerry in Bothell, 01419511025. And the phones at Twitter is at Clyde SSB. Uh, anything doing on the, the previous topics before we move on? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. John, do we know, sorry, do we know if Ross Wilson, for instance, is he is he officially started yet, or does he have a does he have a period that he's got to give notice to Southampton? Oh, I can't remember. Um, I think it's pretty imminent. Yeah. I think, yep, yeah, I think it is. Um, I'll double check it for you. Um, at Clyde SSB on Twitter, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Um, Richard says Jim Duffy's talking rubbish again. If he thinks no players out again. there will compare to Scott Brown, mm-hmm. I think you made it clear you, did, yeah. you didn't. You didn't say that there aren't better players. You yeah. just think in the, the sort of way it fits for him. Yes. Yeah, maybe Richard should listen a little bit better. But uh, you know, I'd, I didn't talk about his quality as a footballer. I was talking about him as a captain, as a leader, as an influence. You know, in 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 the dressing room, on the pitch, around the club. You know, these type of guys have been there. And know what it is It's all about to, mm. to play for Celtic And when, when players come in Listen You know You can Have your opinion On Scott Brown he, He's, he's marmite to, to a lot of play, uh, a lot of people But if you ask any player That's been in at Celtic In that period Where Scott Brown is there They'll tell you How big an influence He's been to them I And how, how big a help mm. uh, Rangers fans Ideal time for you To get in touch 01419511025 Have you been Keeping an eye on your players On international duty What are your thoughts Ahead of the return Of the domestic stuff I know Joe Aribo Scored for Nigeria Against Brazil Didn't he Alfredo Morelos Played from the start For Colombia last night So anything you've been Keeping your eye on Give us a call 01419511025 Jonathan Johansson Says he always knew Alfredo Morelos Would be a success In Scotland After making Rangers Aware of the striker uh, just over two years ago uh, He says he's had the clear physical attributes to do well But has also praised his willingness to work and improve I think it's been great And I've always said it That, that uh, you know it, it's, it's fantastic for me Because I put my name to him And he's been doing well But also the, the, the current management team Have done a great job with him He's progressing all the time uh, From last season he was great But it, 
but there was some some issues. And this season, he's uh, he's been uh, great playing, and, and he looks sharp, he looks fit, and he looks uh, he looks like he's growing uh, in experience as well. Let's put it that way. You know, he was always a talent. He was always he had attributes that that uh, strikers in Scotland and uh, Rangers uh, need, and he, he had those. And, and it's about. Uh, putting him in the right direction, giving him the right coaching and, and, and making him sharper and, and, and fitter. Uh, and he's, he's been doing that too. So. When you come to this level, it's, it's, it's about really, really hard work and it's not being happy where you are and always pushing yourself forward. The one thing I remember from him from the start, he's very, very hungry. And I think, uh, you know, if he keeps that hunger, he keeps that progression, I think he will go, go, uh, go higher still. Uh, Alfredo Morelos played for Colombia last night He didn't manage to win the game. Um, but nevertheless, Jim, I'm sure starting in... That arena, even just the different type of challenge, that that can benefit Rangers, can't it? Yeah, but also for the player himself, you know, he knows that he's part of that international setup now. Um, that uh, the coach, you know, has belief and trust in him that he's good enough to play at that level, and you know that's all down to his performances at Rangers. And I think it's uh, again we mentioned earlier on about the, about the recruitment process. I mean, was Alfredo Morelos was bought for less than two million, I think, wasn't he? Uh, what, one, 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 two, one, two yeah. or something yeah, like that. I mean, that's yeah. absolutely fantastic business, and that's the type of business. And I, I like the little fact that, uh, as I said to you, that Ross Wilson and Nick Hammond have been appointed almost at the same time <laughs> because there'll be a little, you know, another another little competition in the background there about players getting recruited and who who gets them in and who's got the best. And I like that side, you know, the, the side of it rather than just the two managers or the two teams. There's a little bit in the background there about that other side of it, and. Alfredo Morelos, you know, I mean, is a fantastic example of finding potential and trying to nurture that potential uh, and, and try and develop it, and not just as a player but as a business. That is very important to Scottish clubs. I mean, Mark, such is the mad world that we live in. Social media over the last twenty four hours has been full of um, uh, Rangers fans wanting to point out that who cares if Edward scored a hat trick for France under twenty ones because it's only the under twenty ones, and Celtic fans quick to point out that Morelos maybe didn't. Didn't score for Colombia last night And he's not ready for that level Whatever it may be I'm going to introduce a rule for one night only Where we don't compare the two uh, We just acknowledge what they're doing in their own right And the fact that whatever it is Is working in our top flight Just just yeah, one night Just, both, just one night of listen, they're both really An amnesty good. if you like um, Both really happen, good goal, goal scorers <laughs> Good footballers Big assets to their respective clubs But what I'd say about Morelos In terms of his improvement And his attitude Listen, Stephen Gerrard and his staff Have worked very, very hard behind the scenes uh, In the past three or four months uh, With him And they explained decisions um, You know, it's not just a, as simple as Stephen Gerrard will rotate game by game Gerrard and Defoe and Morelos He looks at the opposition He weighs it up, strengths, weaknesses And then he'll explain to one why you're starting and then explain to the guy why you're not starting another thing as well has been apart from Stephen Gerrard's staff Jermaine Defoe has played a big role in the I would say the maturing of Alfredo Morelos on and off the park in the past one you look at Alfredo Morelos to last March and April it's night and day night and day and that is because they have worked hard on they realise he's an asset you're an asset to them on the park just now as they try and win the league this season and win a trophy and an asset when it comes to it Whether it's January The summer Or 18 months time It becomes A 10, 12, 14, 16 Maybe even a 20 million pound player uh, In that period of time So Gerard and his staff And Jermaine Defoe Deserve credit But most of all Morelos mm. deserves credit uh, Billy's in Barhead Billy As a Rangers fan I'm sure you've been keeping an eye Morelos gets a start for Colombia uh, Joe Aribo scores Against Brazil are, are these the types of things That can can, can help these guys when they when they return from international football maybe an extra spring in their step 
Aye, well, if they're playing for their country, obviously that's a feather in their cap. But what I was saying, what I was going to say was a couple of callers have been talking about Celtic and need to replace Brown and all this kid on. Where is all the money that Celtic's made over the years when they're the selling club? So they can't. But are they going to spend twenty million to get somebody in to get them into the Champions League? They failed in the last three years to get into the Champions League. All right, they fell down to the UEFA League, the same as Rangers. Rangers have been very lucky. They've got a good manager. Everything's looking good. But they'll sell Morales, and Defoe himself will only be the answer. But if they sell Morales, say, for 20 million, right? Or 10 million, whatever he gets, they can't, they're not going to pay the money to replace them. So Celtic supporters. Hey, no disrespect to him, I'm a Rangers man, doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, Celtic supporters are saying, oh, we need to replace them, we need to replace that. Where's the board then? They've got all that money, where's it went? Well, listen, they might not spend as much as, as some people want, but I mean, they spent £9 million on Edward, £7, 7 million on Julian, £4.5 on Charm. And a £60 million pound wage bill. Um, Three 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 million in Bolton. So, I, mean, I think they, they do spend money again. Yeah, you, you'll never be able to satisfy everyone. Celtic spend a lot of money in comparison to Scottish football. I mean that that's the bottom line where we are, and also you know the business acumen is outstanding. You know they they, they reported the, the 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 profits there last year. That to me is good business. Yeah, I understand fans Champions League football and stuff like that but nevertheless if if you don't qualify and you can still might to sell someone for 20 plus million as they did with Dembele and they also I don't know what the, the figure was but maybe talking about around about 7 million talking uh, suggesting for, for Brendan Rodgers you know a manager his staff, yeah. his staff yep. you know all this sort of thing so mm. you you know no matter how you do it if you're bringing in uh, and also you're still winning and Celtic have won every domestic trophy available to them in the last three years I don't really think that that should be should be looked at as a negative. Uh, from Billy's point of view, being a Rangers fan, yeah, I mean it's all about looking at the possibilities. What what might happen? You know, if if Morella stays brilliant and keeps scoring the goals, keeps performing, every Rangers fan would be delighted. But as Matt said at the very start of the program, there's not a lot of top class number nines around. Mm. And if Morella keeps banging them in, then the, the the clubs will come calling, and Rangers have to then look. Have options just in case uh, Billy just before we let you go Rangers obviously go to Hearts At the weekend As the domestic football returns Do, Does that still go down As a, a difficult place to go in your eyes Or is the fact that Hearts have been struggling Make you think that, that Rangers will win that one convincingly They won the last three Did they know? Are they no on the up Just now Hearts Is well, Hearts not, not, to not go at home. any time? No, they've got a poor no, record they're, they're home, Billy. I think is it uh, one 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 in seven months or something like in that. March, I think league. was the last time. So yeah, so they're struggling, but it's, for me, it's still an intimidating venue. And, still, and, uh, you think so? It still goes yeah, down. Yeah, uh, as particularly when you know when, when Rangers and Celtic come calling. You know, you'd expect Hearts will have whatever it may be, Jim, ten, twelve thousand yeah. their own fans in there, and and they'll be right up for yeah, it. More, so probably. more, but um, Rangers will start the game big favourites, and rightly so. But for me, it won't be a pushover. You need to work very, very hard to get the three points on Sunday. No, I think there's a one and one. I wouldn't say comfortably, but I think there'll be a couple of goal margin, and simply because I think they're playing very well. I think their confidence is there, and I think Hearts are just struggling just now for one reason or another. I don't think there's that same 
atmosphere created the, the you know the with the new stand and that the pitch is fantastic normally which helps and used to be the pitch was a bit bobbly and a bit a bit you know out of sorts and the you know the stadium would be tight and it was hard for teams to go there and play their normal game. But I think if mm. if Hearts allow Rangers to play their normal game then Rangers will win the game where, in my opinion with a couple of goals to spare Billy and Burhead thank you very much for the call it's 01419511025 if you want to join them and we'll speak to you after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors the form team for compensation for more than 40 years talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard remember in the second hour of tonight's show we're going to be joined in the studio by Kilmarnock and Scotland defender Stuart Finlay How many people can say they've scored on their international debut He's one of them, did it on Sunday um, And we're going to be speaking to him after 7 o'clock So any questions you've got, get them in We're on the phones We're also on Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, John Streleski's on uh, He says Aribo, Arfield, Kamara All getting plaudits on international duty uh, Morelos is a Colombian international now Looks good for the future profits The new director of football needs to find replacements Should Rangers cash in Next summer See I love this Because if we say it You get accused of selling players on But the fans uh, Have an awareness That that's the way it works And both clubs In recent days Have made moves to Bolster the structure Of the The, the, the footballing operation I guess as you call it Yeah it's vital You know A manager's job Or a head coach's job um, Is busy enough Day to day And you know Even just dealing with the media You know A big club such as Celtic Or, or Rangers you know, you're doing as you know Gordon six seven media conferences a week if you're involved in Europe and stuff like that so you need good people around about you you know you, you can't take 500 calls a day you need to be able to delegate and have people to to filter things that are coming in and only the, the stuff that goes to you that needs to come to you and part of that is recruitment whether it's coming in or going out and yes the way things are going um, I believe there'll be mm. interest in Morelos in, in January um, and next summer concrete interest things that are actually Black and white Put into bids um, You know I'm not so sure There was a lot of that In the past um, But I think that The way he's going That it's inevitable That that's going to happen And it'll be big money It'll be serious money uh, For Morelos The kind of money That Celtic have received For some of their players In the past That you just can't turn down You just need to accept it You need to move these guys on If you buy for a million And can sell for 12, 14, 16 You need to do it all day long uh, Clubs of that size Of Celtic And Rangers And in this era Jim as well Is, is that why the, the Nick Hammonds The Ross Wilsons are so important because there was a time when the manager did it all, which, yeah. which not to say that that didn't work, but I think they've both got is it 18 fixtures between now mm. and the new year? I think it is. How on earth could a manager yeah. focus on recruitment as well as yeah. preparing and debriefing 18 games between yeah. them and so then? It's a simple thing. So, see, for talking to a club wants a player on loan, so they phone up and say, right, see, it's Lewis Morgan, for instance, and he's not on the Celtic first team, or if it's Andy Halliday or something like Rangers. And somebody phones up so Where do they go? The managers can't take all these time You know, so he's already had a discussion Perhaps with the You know, the hierarchy You know uh, and, and, and those roles And express maybe who Who they would allow out And then obviously the financial side of it You know, you know What kind of compensation towards the wages How long they're going to go for What's the intention Why is he going to Is he a young player getting experience Or is he an experienced player Trying to move him out All these sort of things That's what, what I said earlier on I think it's a great undercard to the big thing, <laughs> you know, you know, you've got you've got a really great undercard there with, with, with Ross Wilson and Nick Hammond. But it is a very important role nowadays in football. There's no doubt about it. And 
You know, I think uh, you know. You look at Dundee United, even in the Championship, we get a guy like Tony Ashgar in there now. You know that that you know a, a few years ago, I, I can remember one of the earlier ones was Willie Miller. You know, get mm-hmm. up at Aberdeen, but it's it's definitely something that will increase uh, in the Scottish game. But it's got to be affordable. Listen, you know, a lot a lot of clubs here. You know, don't really have the money to. So again, but I say, but I think it's a it's a really important role now. But as I said, it has to be affordable. Laurie and Dennison, what's on your mind? Hey, panel. Good evening. Hello. Hi, Laurie. Uh, guys, I, as a season ticket holder at Celtic Park, I would just like to make an observation I, regarding the tactical styles or differences, rather, between Brendan Rodgers and Neil Lennon. Uh, and there are pros and cons where both are concerned. Uh, when Brendan Rodgers managed Celtic, his priority was ball retention. And Celtic kept the ball, uh, domestically at least, in most instances, 60% plus uh, of the time. And of course, you don't need to get Lieutenant Colombo to figure out that if you've got the ball, the opposition can do you any harm. Now, that was a, the positives. The minuses were... Although he was hugely successful and that he never lost a trophy he contested. From a spectator's point of view, sometimes, to be honest, it did take a wee bit of getting used to. It was very kind of laboured, very kind of measured, uh, the build up, very slow, but they did keep the ball and you can't argue about his success ratio and that he never lost a trophy that he contested. Now, fast forward the Neil Lennon era. Uh, in terms of entertainment, uh, Neil certainly provides a much more entertaining type of football. And that the ball is launched forward. Uh, we're playing 90 miles an hour. Uh, people are on the edge of their seats. But the flip side of that coin is, and this is what I want to ask Jim and Mark, that if you're playing like that, you do not keep the ball. So Neil Lennon's uh, possession perhaps would be maybe 49, 50%, etc. It's more entertaining to watch, but I would suggest that ultimately it's not going to prove as successful. Mm -hmm. And I'm loath to criticise Neil Lennon because Neil Lennon took over Celtic last year at a time when Brendan Rodgers left without any warning. And he came in and he guided us over the line Let me put those points to the panel Laurie Because the news is, is fast approaching But it's certainly one that I know they'll, um, they'll have strong thoughts on Jim, what do you make of, of Laurie's yeah. comparison uh, and concern if you can call it that? Well not Laurie's as I said, he's a, he's a scene ticket holder So he watches all the games, I don't see all the games But I'd be surprised if Celtic didn't dominate possession as well For the vast majority of the games I think it'll be a higher, uh, much higher ratio than Laurie's suggested there in about 50 I think it'll be closer to 60% Maybe slightly less than Brendan Rodgers, but ultimately it's all about how effective you are with the ball. You know, you know there are times when you can wear teams down, but I think in certainly last season when when Neil Lennon took over, the amount of late goal Celtic scored would suggest that they put teams under enormous amount of pressure. So not just with the ball, but without the ball in terms of pressing. Mm. So I think there's different styles. But ultimately it's just about how effective I mean, he can be with it Laurie describes it as being a style that you know get, gets fans off their seats I'm sure there were times under Brendan Rodgers where the fans were off their, off their seats yeah. as well mm-hmm. um, We actually had some tweets similar to this last night though That said in the last couple of away games where Celtic have dropped points It's gone too far And Celtic have, have tried to get the ball forward too quickly uh-huh. 
And that's what's going against them Is that, is that a possibility? I, look, I think first and foremost They're both very good managers Both have different styles But the most important thing Both very successful And that's it And you just need to go with you go You, know, you can't be a clone a Brendan Brendan Rodgers, like he's not a clone of of Martin O'Neill, but the, he was he was influenced by Martin O'Neill, just like Scott Brown likes Neil Lennon, but he was really influenced by by um, by Brendan Rodgers and by Gordon Strack and stuff like that. So you need to just make it, look as long as it's Celtic's winning. I'd been interested just in Laurie's point that I picked up him when he says. Uh, Ultimately, I don't think it's going to be successful. By that, do you not think Celtic's going to win the league, Laurie, or do you think they won't win the treble this year? Because at some point, that the run of the domestic trophies has to come to an end. Laurie, if you could answer that very, very quickly, please. News is upon us. Uh, very quickly, guys. Uh, Neil Lennon uh, was the architect. Laurie, do you think Celtic will win the league this season? That's the question I'm asking. You said you don't uh, 50, think it's going to be successful. 50-50, Mark. If uh, Brendan Rodgers had been in charge mm. I would have said 75-25 Oh there we go 50-50 uh, Right it's time for this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football I'm sure that's one We'll revisit another time Thank you to Laurie In Denison It is beat the pundit time Not only is this your chance To show that you've got Superior football trivia knowledge To Jim Duffy And Mark Guidi You could win yourself A signed ball But just for taking part tonight We have your chance to win four tickets for the Clyde One Super Scoreboard pub quiz it is sold out this is the only way to make sure you're there on Friday the 25th of October at the Drygate um, I'm naming no names I actually received a message asking if we would um, if we'd be willing to take a bung for, for tickets That's how serious this is getting now, Obviously we said no We couldn't entertain Such a possibility But if you want to be there All you have to do Is take part in tonight's Beat the Pundit And we'll throw in A £100 voucher For kilts for you as well 0141 951 1025 Give us a call Call us quick The lanes close at 7 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader For compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me Gordon Duncan and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard we have been joined by our special guest for tonight as well Kilmarnock and Scotland defender Stuart Finlay fresh from scoring on his international debut going good uh, going good guns at Kilmarnock and uh, started a career at Celtic with a few other stops in between as well so we'll get to all that with Stuart in just a second but let's do this first Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Beat the Pundit time It's been more popular Than usual this week I must say It must be the extra prizes Were thrown in there Jim and Mark One of you Is taking on Sarah Who's a Celtic fan From Rutherglen How are you tonight Sarah? I'm fine thanks How are you? I'm not too bad at all Have you been uh, Sucked in by the, the Tickets to the The quiz? Yes. I see everyone's uh, the same. When you said there you had a special guest on, I thought you were talking about me. Oh, well, listen, yes, you're our other special guest. Fair, fair point. I, I should have worded that better. You are on your way to the Clyde One Super Scoreboard pub quiz. Thank you. Uh, Friday, the 25th of October. What's the team looking like? You got some, some no alls in there? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the, the Clyde One Super Scoreboard team certainly don't have any no alls in there anyway, so you'll be absolutely they can be fine. My team, then. Uh, you're also getting a £100 voucher for kilts for you, so you can uh, use that wisely. None of your pals get that, though. That's just for you. Um, just you. the one voucher plus your ticket. So there we go. Let's Sorry. play Beat the Pundit. If it's heads, you're up against Mark. If it's tails, it is Jim Duffy. And it's tails. Jim against Sarah oh, from uh, Rutherglen. I thought it was heads. <laughs> Are you disappointed in that news? A wee bit, because Mark's not that great, and I'm <laughs> going to be shocking. So. 
Uh, right, okay. Uh, you two have moved mics, which is confusing me. It's Jim Duffy who's going to be. No, it's Mark. Who's playing? No, it's me. Jim Duffy. It's, it's me. all over the place. Great. Right, okay. I'm going to give Jim some clay two in his ears. That way he can't hear us. And we'll get your clock up and running. Sarah, you've got 30 seconds head to head. You can pass. Here is your chance yep. to beat the pundit. Are you ready? Yep. Which Scottish team does Chris Erskine play for? Um, Dundee United What Scottish team is nicknamed The Blue Toon? Ross County Name any of the teams Stuart Finlay was loaned out to Whilst at Celtic um, Aloha What is the name of Celtic's New Head of Football Operations? Oh, pass Where did Rangers sign Lee McCulloch from? The bin <laughs> Which country did Glasgow City Play in this evening In the Champions League? Say that again sorry in which country did Glasgow City play in tonight in the Champions League? Um, Scotland. Okay, let's bring Jim Duffy back. Uh, Jim, can you hear us? Yes. Right, same set of questions to you, alright? No let's do it. Which Scottish team does Chris Erskine play for? Uh, Chris Erskine plays for. Oh no, pass. Go which on. team is nicknamed the Blue Toon? Uh, Peterhead. Name any of the teams that Stuart Finlay was loaned out to whilst at Celtic. Ooh. I know he was at Morton but I don't know if it was at Morton uh, What is the name of Celtic's new head of football operations? Oh, Nick Cameron Where did Rangers sign Lee McCulloch from? Kilmarnock uh, Which country did Glasgow City play in tonight in the Champions League? Uh, Sweden Who are the current holders of Scottish League One? Uh, just <laughs> Scottish holders Ah, too, too long Too, too long Alright I, mean, um, I don't think you'd be too bold to say that to be honest with you But Sarah, how do you think that went Oh, I, I don't think I get any right. <laughs> I think I might have one. Um, let's find out the Do you damage. Start on like minus one as well, then. No, <laughs> only Roger Hanna. That's reserved for um. Roger Hanna, I'm afraid. So let's find out the first one. Which team does Chris Erskine play for? Mark Weedy, you want to help us out? Livingston. It's Livingston. Mm. None of you got it right. Which team is nicknamed the Blue Toon? It's Peter Head. Mm. Jim Duffy got it one nil. Name any of the teams Stuart Finlay was loaned out to whilst at Celtic. At Stuart, would you like to confirm? Morton, Dumbarton and Kilmarnock There we go So Jim Duffy got Morton 2-0 The name of Celtic's new head of football operations This one was in the tip of your tongue Sarah wasn't it? It was My Nick. husband was just talking about it Just before I, I came on the phone Nick Hammond Jim got it 3-0 Where did Rangers sign Lee McCulloch from? Uh, it was Wigan Which country did Glasgow City play in tonight In the Champions League match? It was Denmark I mean you were you were kind of close They were not playing it Which is brilliant actually I have yeah, to say well, that. They, they won 2-0 It was really frustrating Earlier on in the show I wanted to talk about that And and congratulate everyone involved But I knew it was a question on Beat the oh, Pundit right. So yeah. I thought I would just hang fire well, But absolutely it finished And it's a first ever round of 16 away victory for Glasgow City 2-0 to take back fantastic. to Peter's Hill in two weeks So fantastic, well done uh, to all involved And did you get to one more? The current holders of League One are, are both yeah, Playing in the Championship now So uh, listen Sarah It was a 3-0 defeat You uh, certainly are not getting the sign ball But you are coming to the pub quiz And you've got your kilts for you Higher voucher as well Sound good? Yeah that's great Thank you very much Great stuff We'll see you there Friday the 25th at the Drygate Thanks to kilts for you As well uh, For setting that up It's another win Jim They all count Yeah But I was hopeless Think so? The three's not bad. Nah, there's, there's, there's at least another couple of that I should have got. It was shocking. Okay, room for improvement then. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm pleased to say we are now joined uh, by Stuart Finlay, as you heard briefly during Beat the Pundit, the Kilmarnock and Scotland defender. Stuart, how are you? 
Good, thanks for having me. Well, listen, thank you very much for it's coming great to in. Say Scotland and defending that commander in Scotland. That's oh. brilliant. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that too often. Mm. And uh, fresh from scoring on your international debut, I have you managed looked. to wipe the smile off your face yet? Um, not quite. Anytime I do, I have a wee watch of the video, but it's a nice <laughs> touch. Aye. Many times you watched it so far. Lost count. <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube hits, so we go through the refresh. Sure, um, you've never been here before. The guys have seen this movie before. Though, anytime a player comes in, we put them through um, a bit of a getting to know you exercise. Are you up for that? I know. Great. Stuff quite simple. What was the first game you went to? The first game I can remember, me and my dad were at Hamden. Scotland beat Lithuania 1 0, I think it was. Naismith scored, if I remember rightly, but that's my first memory I have. Look at this guy, he's a fairy tale. There we are. First <laughs> game at Hamden, Scotland, mm. and he goes back at the weekend and scores in his debut. Fantastic. I love that. Who was your footballing hero growing up? Um, probably Real Ferdinand. That's the sort of guy that I still try and base the way I play on. Not quite got to his level yet, but. The way that he played, it's something I look to try and do. What in particular? What was what was this the skill that stood out? I like the fact that he's got a good bit of pace, which is something I like to think I've got myself. And the way that he used to play, it's something as I said, I used to try and base myself on. I thought he was going to say Jim Duffy, but you've been overlooked for real. We don't we I don't think mind I'm that. Far too old for <laughs> for me to uh, we don't mind that. Right, best player you've played with? Ooh, um, to feel last season when I was at Kilmarnock, the season no, it was six months we had with Greg Stewart was unbelievable. I thought. In training, just as a sort of guy, could not get near. But when we played that, when we made my debut for Newcastle, John Joe Shelby as well was top top draw. Lovely, nice selection there. Same haircut as Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy as well. <laughs> John Joe Shelby, um, best you've played against this season. To be fair, Morelos and um, Morelos is good, but Edward for me is. Comfortably the best player I've played against in this league he's, he's only been in the show two minutes And he's got stuck straight into the, the one debate That we have every <laughs> single night on the show Right, go well, on then, what well, are the differences yeah. between the two? To be fair, I'd comfortably say Without sitting the fence, Morelos is the second best player right, okay. In the league <laughs> Keep digging. Against the two is just both from a different class But the pace that Edward does things at He can he can sit and do nothing for 45 minutes And switch on for 10 He scored two goals against us a few weeks ago doing that It's just the sharpness he does things at is just a different level. And then is it from 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 the outside certainly is it is it more of a physical challenge? Morelos is that is that the, the difficulty there? Oh Morelos as well, like I've had a couple of tough games against him, but yeah, Morelos the way he can use his body, it's more of a fight, whereas Edward, you don't see him, you don't come in contact with him, then when he decides to turn it on it's just he can do it for 10-15 minutes at a time And it's unbelievable how he can do that Okay, you got a best friend in football? Maybe someone you've come through with Or someone you've spent a lot of time playing alongside? It's something that Jim probably knows well Me and Dom Thomas are really close at Kilmarnock now We travel in together uh -huh. in the morning I've so heard, yeah He's been that? in touch with a few uh, talking <laughs> points <laughs> I don't know what he's been saying But yeah, you know, we've got the car school that go in together and that, So we're all close He's not shy, is he? So you'll be <laughs> do, you, do you get a word in edgeways? I've known Dom a long time, I know how to use them But yeah he's alright I'm half expecting him to phone in I just feel like <laughs> I, I can see the phone lines going And there's no names attached To these numbers I think it's a, it's a possibility uh, Right best stadium you've played at? Um, I didn't play But the other night The stadium in Russia Was incredible But to make my debut At St James's Park I don't think you'll get Much better atmospheres than that That was just Something incredible Yeah it's not a bad choice is it? Happy St James's brilliant I like yeah, St James's yeah. well Did you play left back that night? No I played St James's back But that no, was a decent game But I must have not done that well I didn't play a game after that but, <laughs> no, Enjoyed it anyway An experience yeah, I will yeah, not good. forget uh, Right Best footballing moment No I mate I'm not going to beat that To make your debut at Hamden Scoring your debut for Scotland It's as a, something I've always wanted to do So When that ball went in It might have been the fifth against San Marino But It's something that 
you'll never be able to take away from me, you know. Us mere mortals will never get close to that. <laughs> Talk about what, what's it like then? With the, the, you know, the moment the ball hits the back of the net, can, can you kind of remember it? Do you manage to take it all in? The the game itself was a weird one. Like the first half, we got through the first half pretty well, three 0 up, and it was a comfortable match. But then second half started. The first thing I thought to myself was, if this gets called off and get my cap took off, and that's all I could <laughs> think about. But then. We got the corner, got the header, and it's at the time you don't really realise it's just a game of football and you've scored a goal. But it's when you come off, you look at your phone, you've got opt-in messages, your Twitter's going mental. It's just you realise how big a moment it is, and then you realise what you get into football for, and it's for moments like that. It's just something that I didn't know would ever happen, but when it did, it's something I was so grateful for. Maybe just a personal thing, but I loved it, Jim, because yeah. Stuart and he acknowledges it himself. People will say. <laughs> Well, it was Sam Marino It was only Sam Marino And whatever But the look in his face When yeah. he scored That was a guy Who was uh, just living out his dream And you cannot yeah. Underestimate how important that is No it's brilliant And that's what we want That's what I feel That the fans want They want someone Who is like they are Who loves Playing for their country Who when he scores a goal Doesn't matter who scores a goal Against San Marino It means something He's passionate about it He loves it As I said you know, And that transmits And the rest of the players And the more we had that John McGinn was the same A hat trick for John McGinn Incredible But he's one of these guys You think he loves playing football Yeah a guy like Stuart Finley I love, I love playing for my country It means something I think for too long We've had players who pick and choose When they want to play Whereas guys like Stuart Appreciate Playing for the country is something special uh, Next question I'm going to bring you straight back Crashing down to earth Your worst footballing moment um, That's an easy one as well I remember my first loan spell at Morton The first 13 games went alright The last game we went away to Hamilton Ackies And I scored an own goal To make it 9-2 before it finished 10 Which wasn't ideal But it's one that It always somehow gets brought back up Like it has tonight But <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it <laughs> Nah, that's what you're getting at, I thought. But <laughs> you know, I genuinely wasn't. But there we go. I, I could predict your best one. I, I saw that one coming. But there we go. Ten two. I forgot about that game. Um, any pre-match superstitions? Um, I have the same pre-match meal. A couple of poached eggs, a bit of beans. But apart from that, I'm not too bad. I used to be when I was younger. But you realise, like, the more you do that, the more you get sort of sucked into it, and you sort of become a slave to it. So the fact that I can get away from that, just try and get out there and play the game, just. Post eggs can. and beans Fair enough mm-hmm. It's usually pasta and chicken Every player that comes in here Always says pasta and chicken Pasta <laughs> and chicken So there we go You've you've mixed that up a bit I don't mind that Any other weird ones that, that Do the rounds at Kilmarnock? Um, I'm trying to think I think the most of the boys Are alright to be fair okay. Like Nah uh, Tell us something about you We might not already know uh, oh. I'm fond of getting my snooker Now and again oh. I'd say that's my Pastime after I play yeah. train and stuff. I'm not amazing, but I try my best now and again. So I mean, Matt. These two and Gordon yeah, Diel are sort of it. up there with the the pundits. So when you say you're not amazing, what what sort of level are we talking here? I can hit like the the forties with my breaks and stuff. It's nothing oh, to write it's... home about, but uh, that's more than decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you happy with that? Decent. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. We'll get him along to the next yeah. the next snooker <laughs> day. Okay, that's fine. Um, well, I was going to say your hobbies away from football. So there we go, snooker. That's we've sort of covered that one. You got a favourite film? Ooh, um, back in the day I used to love Gladiator That was my favourite film growing up We had this debate at Kelly And I gave a couple of shouts Boys weren't happy with But that's when they sort of let pass So I'll go with Gladiator so what, what, what were they not happy with? How to lose a guy in 10 days <laughs> A few weren't happy Like The Greatest Showman Stuff like that <laughs> Oh that's a great movie <laughs> Mark Wilson loves The Greatest Showman yeah, He's into all that sort of yeah, stuff Yeah, yeah absolutely Yeah absolutely uh, you got, what's, what's on the Netflix What's the box set tip What should we be watching um, The Money Heist It's uh, a right. The Spanish one Yes It's the very one It's unbelievable 
Right, I'm going to note that one down Happy with that And your ultimate five-a-side team From players you've played with Played with um, Put me in the spot here mm-hmm. Goalkeeper I'll go for big backman we had at Kilmarnock last year mm, Probably good, yep. the best goalkeeper I've played with In my short career so far I'll put Greg Stewart in Because I gave him a You did, you gave him the nod, yep It'd be rude not to put Dom in after Birmingham Right, players. okay I'll put Dom in as well What about when you were a kid at Celtic? Were there any guys that... Um. The best player it's probably shown now coming through Cal McGregor was always something I thought was a bit extra special from the rest of the boys. So I'll fling him in as well if you want to fling him in. Unless it's up to you, and I don't I'll, mind. And I'll finish it off with Big Boy he's playing brilliant for us now <laughs> at, at six just to let he's already texted just to let you know. To be fair, if I wouldn't hear the end if I don't, so I'll put Boyd up front. Oh look at that peer team. pressure. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself, Chris Boyd. Uh, there we go. That brings that to an end. If you've got any questions, any points for Stuart, send them in uh, at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Or even better, why not pick up the phone? 0141 951 1025. What about Kilmarnock at the moment? How would you assess the opening? Was it eight games, I think? Um Obviously the season started a bit tough for us Like the Europa League wasn't something we imagined happening And then we had a tough start with Rangers and Hamilton But I think as a squad we've turned it around really well We've had a really good run of clean sheets We're unlucky not to get to Hamden in the Cups I think we have turned that tough start into like a mm. positive start And hopefully we can keep that going Especially live at the weekend We know it's going to be hard for us But it's a game that we know the way that we've been playing We can mm-hmm. go in and get a good result I mean you can see it against Celtic and Edward You mentioned all that But that aside it's an incredible run of, of clean sheets How much pride do you take in that being a, a central defender? Well, definitely As a defender it's the first thing you want to do But the full team I think need to take credit Like the boys in front of Gary Dick or Alan Power They don't get the credit they probably deserve in there They're unbelievable mm-hmm. for us to marshal it And then even you go up front You've got Brof who works so hard for us and does a job that a lot of people don't see because he might yeah, he's not scored this week but he does a job for us that's irreplaceable it's brilliant even he, I've noticed covering your games as well Stuart that Greg Taylor was also going to be big boots to fill but Hamelainen just seems to have slotted in there really nicely to it left back hasn't he yeah Nikos came in on loan and he got flung into deep end because Greg was injured for his first game and they came in against Aberdeen which at home we've always struggled with we got enough in each and did a really good game so I think he's slotted in really well and Greg was obviously a massive player for us. I'd imagine he's going to be a massive player for Celtic once he gets his chance. But to have Nico to come straight in, and then we've obviously got Stephen Henge in as well, and we've got young Callum Waters out on loan. We've got really good replacements, and hopefully we'll be able to move on from Greg getting a move to Celtic. Still plenty of time to get your calls in. They can be Stuart Finlay related, they can be something else related. It really is up to you. 01419511025. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB, and we'll give the guys a full time teaser next as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Greedy Still here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We have a special guest tonight It's Scotland and Kilmarnock Defender Stuart Finlay Who's been telling us all What it's like to score for Your national team on your debut He's been giving us a bit About Kilmarnock as well Anything you want to put to Stuart On the phones Or on Twitter At Clyde SSB Yan is in Denison We're going to speak to Jan in just a second Very quickly let's just line up tonight's full time teaser I think this is a simple one I think men of your capabilities Will scoosh this Campbell in Somerson Sent it in Thank you to Campbell Prior to Lawrence Shankland Can you name 10 players The last 10 players to be capped for Scotland Whilst at Dundee United So prior to Lawrence Shankland Can you name the last 10 players to be capped for Scotland Whilst on the books at Dundee United I think you will scoosh it It'll take what I guess each to kick us off um, 
Andy Robertson Yeah well done That's the That's the easy one Out of the way mm-hmm. Mark Okay, maybe Craig it's not that easy. Oh, Craig Conway, lovely. That's a great guess. Stuart, anything I'm, to add? I might get caught out here with my lack of knowledge, but with Johnny Russell, maybe at Dundee United, and mm-hmm. cap. Not when he got a cap. Oh, that's not a bad He's, shout, though. Come uh, on, Andy Webster. Okay. Yeah, okay, we'll leave it there because that's three of ten. Andy Robertson, Andy Webster, Craig Conway, the last ten players prior to Lauren Shankland to be capped for Scotland whilst at Dundee United. Plenty of time. We're going to line that up between now and eight o'clock. Let's speak to Jan and Dennison. Hi, Jan. Hi, Bobby. Not too bad at all, Jan. What's your point tonight? Super, guys. Look, I'm not in Dennis. I'm actually in Southwest London at the minute, but uh, it's been about 20 years since I've been on your show, so it's an absolute pleasure to be back on. Oh, great to have you back. Uh, so. I want to go back on the Eduardo and Morelos uh, script. I, I think, I, I don't know whether it was Jim or Mark that made the point, and I, I wholly endorse that. I think that having both of those strikers uh, performing the way they do in, in, in the Scottish Premier League is just fantastic. You know, I, I'm sure some of the defenders in the country won't appreciate that, but I think they're both fantastic strikers. My, my, my question was, if you, if you look at the, the scoring attributes of Morelos, who I do think has... Turned a cor- uh, he's turned a corner this year uh, or, or at least as part of the season in terms of his, his discipline and so on uh, and also probably his link-up play and then you look at Eduard as well who, who is, who's slightly younger than Morelos and starting to really shine and, and, and show up for the under-21s as well for France I think I think it's, it's great to see but my question to you is, is for those two players do you think that the valuations that are sometimes put on them is often described as the dim belly dollars and so on, do you think it makes a difference that Morelos is, is judged to be less valuable than uh, Edouard simply because he's not in a team that, that's a championship winning team? Interesting question. Jim and Mark, you want to take, take us away on that yeah, one? I, th- I think it always helps when you're playing in European football and showing what you can do because with the greatest of respect... Um, I don't think clubs down south or clubs abroad are going to play or pay 15, 20 million quid for somebody that scores goals against Patrick Thistle and, and Dundee and, and Ross County. So what what happens is, as has been the case with the Celtic players uh, in the past decade or so, it's when they've gone on and done it at European level, particularly in the Champions League on the big stage, that catapults them into to that kind of uh, fee. But Morelos has been doing it in the Europa League for Rangers um, and I think he's he's heading towards that kind of fee. But if Rangers had to become, for example, if Rangers won the league this season, and Morelos has banged in thirty goals to help them win the league, you'd also as well for any club down south if they don't pick up the phone to Stephen Gerrard, they'll just pick up the phone to Jermaine Defoe and say what likes it, and they'll say, "What well, if you can get him for fifteen million? Take him all day long." So yeah, he's heading towards that that kind of fee, Alfredo Morelos for sure. Jim, does the silverware a player wins? Impact or value? I think it can help. Of course, if you score a goal that wins a cup or wins a league, you know that the goal mm-hmm. that, that eventually seals the deal, then it does get you more publicity. But I, I've said this a few times on the program. I think there's a bit of football snobbery in England. I think they look at Scottish football and then they wait till it slaps them in the face, like Van Dyke, for instance. You know, they wait until wait a minute. We'll pay seventy million. And somewhere along the line, somebody's got to be looking at beyond that. As we mentioned earlier on, the new guys at the, the helm at, at the old firm, Ross Wilson and Nick Hammond. Well, the English clubs have got to be doing that. They've got to be saying, wait a minute, if we can get a proven goal scorer for 15 million or 20 million, mm-hmm. in English football, that's a snip. So yeah. they, they should be doing their homework just now, rather than waiting until he goes to perhaps a, 
at, at a club in the, the the bottom half, if you want to call it that, and then scores goals, then pay three times that amount of money. So I think that these guys are good enough. I think they're potentially um, a lot more to come because they're still young, you know, and there's a lot more to come. And we've got Stuart Finley here tonight, who's the perfect guy to tell us about their attributes and whether he's and he's also been down south as well to say whether you know do you believe that they're good enough to go and play at that level? I mean, as I said earlier on, like the two guys are probably by far the two best opponents as a centre back you'll play against in the league, and I think Dembele as well is a perfect example. Teams in England, he was at Fulham, maybe or he didn't do it Fulham. He's done it Celtic, doesn't really mean anything, but he's went to Leon. He's getting like we moved to Man United and things. I think teams will down south need to realise that if you're doing it at this level, it's not just because it's at this level. The players that are doing it are good enough. And mm. I think the Van Dyke one they got caught out with, but I think as soon as they take a chance in these sort of players, I think they'll realise that it's a better way to do it. Jan, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't disagree with Stuart. I don't disagree with Jim. But Jim, I pick up on a, an important point from Jim there that Football these days isn't necessarily about the finesse or the skill of a player. It, it's all based on the stats. Mm-hmm. And, and Jim picked up on a point there where he said, well, you know, teams down south or maybe in Europe, whatever it is, is 15 to 20 million. And, and you look at it and, and you say, well, OK, if you look at the stats over the piece over the last two years, and this isn't a Rangers versus Celtic thing, this is simply saying Morelos is continually scoring. He's now in the Europa League, he's scoring. Uh, you've got Edouard who's continually scoring. Not not as much as as, as Morelos is in, in the league, but equally he's contributing in Europe as well. And and if you look at it, the stats piece, that that's why the silverware element starts to sort of irk me a little bit. And it's about saying how important is it to be a champion? How important is it to be finesse or technically gifted? Or how important is it for a striker? To be able to stick the ball in the back of the net. And 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 it seems it, it seems it's just it's 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 a really strange and and very objective. Uh, discussion point well, I mean, the best, yeah. Surely the best scouting operations Jim have the perfect blend of using Stats but using their eyes you know, If it was all about stats and I, 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 I'm going to try and word this not to be disrespectful But Sam Cosgrove scored Very similar amount of goals to Alfredo Morelos In the league last season I can't imagine when the day comes they'll go for a similar fee Yeah and also it depends on the teams that are looking And the style of player that they're looking for I mean ultimately one player Plays for one club If they play slightly As, as, as Stuart said We spoke about Edward the other on Being the quieter And then he just dr- drifts off You almost you almost as a defender Lose concentration Because he's not involved in the game He just drifts into space Picks it up Really quick feet Bang it's a goal Whereas Morelis He's up against you You know where he is But how can you handle him So you've got different styles of player Different types of finishers You know Morelis is more bullish And you know As I say when he hits things He, he really puts his laces through it you know, Edward, a, a bit, you know, kind of softer, calmer, you know, putting them in. There's different styles. But the bottom line is, you know, it's about what a, what a club is looking for. And, and I, I do agree with Yanti to a certain extent. I don't necessarily think if if somebody wins a Scottish Cup in Scotland that, that you know, he's got silverware, that's going to make a huge difference. I think it's just all about the attributes of that particular club. I think a lot of English clubs will be kicking themselves they didn't go for like a John McGinn. But at the same time, I think someone like John McGinn has alerted a lot of the clubs down there. Listen, there's a few bargains to be had up there and good players who can really enhance our team. 
Loved it. I think it was his first game in the English Premier League. It was it was at Tottenham, wasn't it? And they were pitch side after the game. It was Redknapp, Van der Vaart, and they were saying, "I mean, this guy came from High Berlin, two yeah, mil. Yeah, you know, they, yeah, they couldn't yeah, believe yeah. it. It was who are they? You know." So, so there we go. Jan and Dennis. Well, Dead not my Mary. That was Van der Vaart. That's, <laughs> worse. That's my Dutch. Uh, Jan and Dennison, thank you very much for the call. Good point. That actually got us a, got us going. What, what's the the approach then? Sure, you know, f- you, you spoke about Edouard being a bit kind of quieter. You don't know when he's he's in and out of games. How do you how do you try and cope with that? I think when you play a game against Celtic and Rangers, you always come off afterwards and you're you're knackered after the game. And a lot of the times, it's not anything to do with the amount of running you do because in games like that, you might not run as much. It's more shifting left and right. Whereas like an Aberdeen, you're in channels, you're up for headers, but. It's the concentration side of things because with they two guys especially, you can't switch off for a minute. As Jim said, you think you've got Edward, you think you're dealing with him fine, then he'll pop up, he's got 10 yards of space on you, drops his shoulder and he puts one in. And I think it's trying to be constantly on your game when you're playing against the top, top players. That's what sets them apart mm. because if you switch off for one minute, they punish you and that's what they look for. And on Morelos then, how are defenders instructed to deal with him Because we see it time and time again Where you know That if you go tight He's probably going to roll you But the defenders still try and go tight You must know what he's going to do But is it, is it stopping it ultimately Rather than not knowing what's coming Morelos has got this really good knack of Letting you think you can step in and win it And then he just Obviously uses his body weight And turns you at the last minute It's always about Again switching on Because you need to know When it's on to do it If you try and go too early I got done at Ibrooks with it last year They scored the equalise against us And again He's probably quiet in that game But he switched it on for that couple of seconds I'd done something I shouldn't have done And he punched me for it So it's always about trying to Know who you're playing against And try to use your strengths Instead of trying to play to his Which is how you're going to get outdone in the end uh, Still taking calls until 8 o'clock Remember 0141 Twitter is at Clyde SSB um, I'll take one more guess each on the teaser I've got uh, Stuart Armstrong No, would you believe? No. Gary Mackay, Stephen? Yes didn't get capped mm-hmm. Stuart Armstrong Whilst at Dundee United mm-hmm. hey, Stephen Presley Nope Any more from you Stuart? Yeah, I've gone you a bit what? before my time now I think, I think mm-hmm. we've got What's the last ones? one Gordon? What's the last one back? Or mm-hmm. the furthest away rather? Probably Early 2000s Early 2000s I'd have been Probably. 6 or 7 at that point <laughs> Matt Wilson? <laughs> no He was at Celtic when he got his one cap Right Okay Alright, plenty of time Paul Dixon Barry mm. Robson Barry Robson By the way, some Yes, Barry oh, Robson Good yeah, shot Well that. done Look at this <laughs> man relax now <laughs> right, We've got a few more to get But we've got plenty of time to get them Keep your calls coming 0141 uh, Talk to us a bit about your footballing journey Sure, where are you from? How did how did it all start? Take us right back um, I'm from Carmel, A little place next to Canvas Lang And I started off at Wolves Boys Club And done well there it helps when your dad's the coach But it helped me out then <laughs> But then I went to Went to trials With like Aberdeen And Celtic Roughly at the same time About 9 and 10 And The Celtic thing Obviously sways you Like going up to Aberdeen Every second week It's hard for a young boy So Start off at Celtic Work my way through All the age groups And then I got to A sort of Sticking point I made my debut In a couple of friendlies But you get to that stage You don't know Where you're really going to go And I was lucky enough That Kenny Shields Took me to Morton on my first loan spell which apart from the obvious game I spoke about earlier it went really really well I came back and again it's you start to think maybe that's me ready for Celtic but you get it's hard at a big club like that you always get these little knockbacks and I found myself out on loan again went to Dumbarton which some people thought was maybe a step back where it was a part time club but I've got nothing but respect for when I was at Dumbarton it was 
probably six of the best months of my football career. It was Ian Murray, it was there at the time, and he basically gave me a bit of a free licence to try, and it sounds silly to express yourself as a centre-back, but to stride forward with the ball and look for the passes and don't worry if you lose. And I think that really helped me in that part of my development. And then I was able to go to the SPL with Coman the year after, which was... I'd done okay. Like I could have done a lot better. I wasn't happy with how I'd done, but it was a tough time. The club weren't the way that they are now. We weren't doing as well. And I think a lot of people were surprised that after the Kilmarnock move, I managed to get my move to Newcastle, which was an experience that you can never knock back. I know I was getting on a little bit. I was 21. I was going to play in the reserves at Newcastle. But at the time, you need to jump at a chance because I thought to myself, I've got one more mm-hmm. chance of coming through at a big club before I might need to look at a different route. And I made my debut in the FA Cup, which again was another incredible moment for me. But again, you get so far at a club like that before, before you sort of hit that ceiling. And then I was lucky enough to go back and loan at Kilmarnock. And then obviously Steve Clark got the job and my career sort of took off Takes from, there, on from there. But yeah. It's amazing how quickly we things like this in football can change because when I first went back to Kilmarnock again, didn't start great. And I, I sort of think, well, this is just a cycle that's going on here. But then obviously the gaffer came in when he did and the two years since then has just been incredible. What's that? What was that education like then at, at Celtic's? Who were the guys at Celtic maybe in your team? You mentioned Callum McGregor. Who else would you have come through with? Any coaches in particular as well that maybe played a bit of a part? I remember when I first came into Celtic, uh, any youth player that's came in at under 10s at 11s knows Martin Miller really well at Celtic, who is the reason every single young boy signs for Celtic because he's just an absolute gen and a great, great coach for young boys. And then coming through I've had a lot of great coaches there obviously you go up you've got Tommy McIntyre and Stevie Frail when you get to like that sort of reserve level as well but Chris McCart was another guy that put a lot of faith in me and probably gave me as long as I did at Celtic but you're coming through you've got I came through sort of the Callum McGregor Jackson Irvin sort of age group and there's some boys in that team who might not have went on to such good careers as obviously they two have had Jackson's obviously flying down at Hull but even guys like Marcus and Fraser and Joe Chalmers who are now up at Ross County coming through with these guys it was incredible just a really really good squad of players we had you're part of that big machine then for a number of years lots of guys trying to, to make the breakthrough when it, when it becomes clear that that's not going to happen and you, you have to leave that environment I mean yours is maybe a bit different because you ended up going to Newcastle which was a massive club but maybe in a more general sense what's what's that like? it's very easy when you're at a club like that to just think oh I've gave it a go it didn't work I can do what I want but I was always a good one. I always believed that I was good enough to do it and I think I still don't think I've got to as good as I want to get to. I know I can always do better and play better but when you get these sort of, not knockbacks because I'm still at the club but I mean if a, another centre-back gets picked to go and tune the first team ahead of you it's, it can be tough because it's like you just want it to happen for yourself but the going out on loan getting the experience of playing with older men I think it gave me a good belief in myself that I knew I could do it at senior level and I always had that belief that even when I went down to Newcastle, I knew it wasn't going to work out. I knew, I, I knew what I was capable of and I think it's starting to bear fruit a lot but now. Good stuff. A couple of questions coming in for Stuart on Twitter. I'll keep them in the back burner and we've got, if you want to get them on the phones though, you've still got time. 01419511025. We're going to take a breather so it's the perfect time to get your call in. Any more on the teaser? You've got Andy Robertson, Gary McKay, Stephen, Andy Webster, Craig Conway, Barry Robson. I've, I've got one I'm quite happy with because I was there when he played. It was a nightmare right enough but Gary Kenneth. Mm. Oh, good show. It's a great show. What was yeah. that? Was that against it Sweden? Was, uh, Sweden and Sweden, uh, yeah, Sweden and Stockholm. Yep. Wow. Same, same, same position, but I don't know if it was within that period. Lee Wilkie? No. 
Alright, that's a good start If you want two, three, four to get We'll try and get them next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me Gordon Duncan Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard And we've not scared off Stuart Finlay Who's still with us uh, solid, solid debut from Stuart Finlay You two, are you happy? You've seen many guests ah, come and he's, go He's, in good he's form. handling himself well, isn't he? Nice big lad Not a bad player as well and a nice big lad uh, some qu- Still time for it to go wrong, by the way uh, Plenty of time for you to get your calls in 0141 951 1025 Some tweets coming in as well um, I suspect this is a one of those, a sort of private joke If you like Thomas McHugh is on He says Stuart What's your favourite Non-professional football team? <laughs> he knows It says in brackets I don't know There must be um, something in this Every Tuesday night uh, My fiance's nephew's got a Under 15 boys club team So I've went and done a bit of training with him And I'm not going to lie When I first went A few bad results But I've turned it around a little bit Is that right? Your I, influence? I don't see a lot of games Because we're playing a Saturday morning But whenever I can get along I like to go to training So I'll What are they called? Yeah. Well, I can't remember Thomas uh, is going to Rosebank Rose Rose Bank. There Rose we go No they're a good side Based up in Kirk and Tillock way But they're better now that I'm sort of right, getting them into shape. Humble so. as well That's what I like Modest <laughs> I love that uh, And Douglas Harper's on Um he says, can you ask Stuart if you would love to see Ayrshire's number one club being promoted next season so that there would be four Ayrshire derbies? And, <laughs> this is where it gets a bit bizarre, does he think Nuts the Squirrel could beat our panda in a square go? Um, the first bit, they're not really in a number one club, but I need to say that for the Kilmarnock side of things. But no, obviously, they played each other a couple of seasons ago in the Betfred Cup and yeah. I think what didn't go Kilmarnock's way that night, so it would be nice to be able to play them at some point and... Sort of set the record straight there But with regards to Nuts I think Nuts would have that one very, think so. very easily Because <laughs> Nuts handle himself From what I've seen uh, yeah. right. You're advocating violence on the no, show no, Mascots are fine They're paddied and it's fine What a problem <laughs> um, And last one for the moment uh, Roscoe says What are your thoughts on Angelo Alessio? What has to happen for him to be called successful After you know Stevie Clark How does he fill those boots essentially? It's a weird one Because I think he had one of the hardest jobs in football but at the same time a lot of people say it was an easy one because you're coming into a successful team but to be able to try and come in and replicate anywhere near what Steve Clark done would be very very difficult to get Kilmarnock to third in the SPL was something up until two weeks before the end of the season nobody even thought it was possible until we I went and done it so it's going to be difficult to ever replicate how good it was under him but I think he's shown in the last seven eight games to start steadying the ship after the start we had To get the clean sheets we have I think he's on the right track And I'm looking forward to seeing how the season goes under him had, See, had, see had, had he not been following Steve Clapp Everybody would be raving about him mm. Had he followed the previous The greatest respect Previous three or four Kilmarnock managers Everybody would be raving about him But Kilmarnock overachieved Under Steve Clapp Didn't he win a cup But finishing third for Kilmarnock Is overachieving and but fair play to him for doing it. So, but for Alessio to go in and be, be fifth or sixth is good going. Um, you know, and and you know, I think he, he was unfairly hammered early in the season. The manager need a bit of time for the players to learn about him, but more importantly for him to adjust his methods and learn about the players that, that, that he's working with. And there's also been a bit of a turn and thrown, and it's now coming together. Well, definitely. I mean, when he first came in, we've been used to. 
like we got to stage under Steve Clark. You didn't need to work in tactics and training. It was that set in our ways that it was hard for us to try and change it. And I think the way we're playing now isn't dissimilar to how we played under the old manager. And I think that's a mix between the manager knowing what was a winning formula and I think the boys knowing what they were good at. I think the managers realised, added his own couple of wee bits to it and I think it's starting to breed the results that we probably expected to get after the season we had and I think people were worried at the start and understandably the Koenigsky game is something that shouldn't be happening, like it wasn't good enough from our part but I think all we can do now is try and move on and put that right and I think we're going about it the right way. I think Kilmarnock, you know, and particularly the manager, has assessed his strength his team and his strength's defence. That's an absolute certainty. Um, Stuart mentioned Eamon Brophy earlier on who works tirelessly and puts defenders under pressure and gives you an out ball. He's great for defenders under pressure. He knows if he sticks in the channel, he's going to go off. But he's not prolific. And Chris Boyd's obviously retired. So not having a regular goal scorer means that you have to be really good defensively. That, to me, is an art and a talent you know, that we sometimes don't acknowledge mm-hmm. enough. We always look at the top end of the pitch. But for Kilmarnock's structure... Organisation and defence I think the manager deserved a lot of credit For continuing with that philosophy Because that was the that gave them the opportunity To be a successful team Back to the, the old manager Who's the current Scotland manager And you've obviously rekindled that relationship There over the last couple of weeks Stuart How is, how is he in that environment? Is he, is he the same? Is he, is he different? Because it's obviously a very different role What have you noticed? I think that's the beauty of him That He's the exact same, I think. From his point of view, it'd be madness not to be. I mean, if you've got such a good, successful formula at Kilmarnock to go to Scotland with maybe a higher calibre of player, but and then change the way you're working, I don't understand the logic would be there. So I think I'm happy to see that he's done everything the exact same. Even down to things like the training, it's very, very similar to what we've done at Kilmarnock. Of course, it's harder. He's only got a week at a time when you go away international, so... To get it drummed into us at Kilmarnock, it was every day, month upon month. Obviously, it's harder at international level. It's a lot more classroom stuff, so to speak, like doing it on the tactics board, doing it in videos and things. But I think he knows that if he does what he done, it does work because it, it worked when we were at Kilmarnock. So I think, obviously, we got off to a tough start with Scotland the last few games. Maybe haven't went the way people expected straight away, but I've got full belief that if he keeps working the way that we worked with did at Kilmarnock, it can only go one way. You... We touched on it earlier you, you make your debut You score the goal um, I'm sure it hasn't escaped your attention There are other defenders That will be coming back To, to full fitness as well You've got the, the jersey So to speak at the moment How how much do you Do you want to stay there What do you have to do To stay there We've not actually got long Until the next uh, break When you think about it I mean there's People like to go on about There's not a great strength And depth in certain positions But you look at the centre backs That Scotland have got You've got Grant Hanley Premiership football player You've got Charlie McGrew Several caps, the daily experience. You've got Big Scotty injured, John Suter injured, Craig Halkett injured. There's numerous very good centre backs, but I'm, I've got full belief in myself that I know how good these guys are, but I f- believe I'm just as good as these guys, and I got my chance. Fair enough. You might not be able to prove yourself as a defender in a game like San Marino, but to go out, I had to go out and do a professional performance, which I think that I'd done. And all I can do now is go back to command. I've got maybe three or four games before the next international. If I can go out and play as well as I can for the next three or four games, all I can do is put myself mm. in the thoughts and then it's up to the manager to decide who he thinks the best four to go with her. And does getting that taste of it make it make you want it even more? Oh, definitely. I mean, 
when I was growing up, it's my dream to make my debut for Scotland, but my dream wasn't to play one game for Scotland, it's to play and to keep in the team and do what I can to help this country because we, everybody wants to qualify and if I can be part of a squad that can do that, it'd be unbelievable. So if I can just keep up my club form, hopefully it's enough, as I said, if I can put in the plans and it's up to the manager to select me. Brilliant. Well, we certainly wish you all the best. Yeah. Let's round off with tonight's teaser. You've got four names, I think, to get. David Goodwillie. Yes, uh, we're looking for the last 10 players prior to Lauren Shankland to be capped for Scotland whilst at Dundee United. They've got most of them. Scott Roberts in the oh, midfielder. Fantastic. What a joy this is. What a great team I'm witnessing here. A great team performance. Two to go. No. Oh, maybe not. Big well. hey, right, what about if we were going way back? Um, Early two th- Charlie Miller. Yes. Oh, I was just, uh, just dusting off my Charlie Miller clue as well, but that's fine. You didn't need it. He's one and only, I think it was. Right, one more. One more Must be somebody Craig Levine That Levine had it In United No Whether it was Scotland manager Probably um, You're putting me In the spot now But yeah probably You know one of the ones You nearly say something Really daft And then you think No thank goodness Is it the hardest one <laughs> Nah not really no. I mean no, you're thinking He played for else. a good few clubs So that's maybe why You know you, I don't Scottish know Scottish clubs Yeah Yeah he Went down south as well He's still Yeah he's still at One of our premiership clubs so you would be an experienced striker now, is what we'd call him. I'm trying to think because Kenny Miller didn't play there. No, Same no, surname. No. Um, Lee Miller. Lee Miller. Well done. Lee we got there in the end. Wow. I'd have struggled uh, for Big Lee to get that yeah. one. I think. Thank you to Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy. They won't mind me reserving the biggest thanks for Stuart Finlay. Stuart, hope that was painless. Did you enjoy uh, that? Fine. Thanks for having me. On. Good stuff. You can revisit us sometime. That was Stuart Finlay. Much appreciated <laughs> him joining us tonight. Thank you for all your calls and tweets. We're back tomorrow, six o'clock, with Gordon Dale and Mark Wilson. Uh, and in the meantime, Stephen Miller's up next. Here we are. Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.